a very good morning to one and all. Uh, you can hear me from your right, right? Okay. So, uh, right. Uh, welcome everyone, and especially those who are, have been uh, away from Singapore and have uh, returned home. Uh, we are so glad to see everyone, and also uh, guests in uh, worshiping with us this morning. I'd like to welcome you, right? And uh, except also uh, not to forget there are some people who are online for some reason. Uh, I wanted to welcome you for tuning in uh, to our Sunday morning worship. The lesson for this uh, morning is there is no God. There is no God. I remember when I was doing my military service um, sometime back, uh, was by 18 years old, uh, was quite a bold, brave young man. Right. I went up to my officer and talked to him about God, uh, knowing that he is not religious. So I had a discussion with him, almost a debate with him about the assistant of God. And knowing that he's, only, he's the lieutenant and just a corporal, <laughs> he could always use his, abuse his power to tekan me after that. Uh, however, I uh, pursued the case and tried to convince him that there is a God. At the end, he is not convinced. And on the way home, he met me again and says, well, uh, as you say, I can't convince you that there is no God. That's what I asked him. I challenged him. Since you don't uh, agree with me, then can you convince me that there is no God? And he says, he can't convince me that there is no God. However, if you think about God, I think most people would uh honestly uh, believe that there's a God, since nothing can be can exist uh, without a creator. And some, however, still choose uh, not to believe in God. So a person who does not believe in existence of God, you call him an atheist. Okay, that's what the dictionary says. A person who does not believe in existence of God or any gods, and one who subscribes to and advocates atheism, I'll call him Atheist, right? Uh, atheism, a form of belief, uh, is uh, defined as a lack of belief or a strong disbelief in the existence of God or any gods, right? Or a philosophical religious position characterized by the disbelief or the existence of God or any gods. Okay, so I, I, I think atheism is kind of religion, it's, it's a form of belief as well. So do most people believe God? If you do a survey in Singapore, do most people believe God? The Institute of Policy Studies in Singapore actually did a study towards the end of uh, 2018. It went to ask around 1,800 people to survey whether they believe in God. And uh, this is what they found. It says, when asked about the steadfastness of their beliefs in God, around half the respondents of 53.2% indicate that they know that God really exists and they did not have any doubt about it. Okay. And the details goes uh, in that way. So about one out of two uh, really believe in God, okay, uh, of whatever religion. And uh, if you look at the details, 7.6% uh, says, I don't believe in God. But that's not nothing new. The same survey was, uh, similar survey was done in the United States. Uh, in 2018, somewhere in April 25th, where the report was came out, so it's, it should be in the 2018, 
And the question is, to the American public, uh, of course, a sample of them, it says, do you believe in God or not? Okay. And the answer, uh, as the Pew Research Centers came out with, is 80% believe there's God. And all of that 80% who believe in God, uh, only 56% believe in the God that is described uh, in the Bible, right? So how about people in Singapore? There's no similar survey, but what I can find is that there is a census uh, done in Singapore in 2020 that says that 18.9% of the Singaporean uh, profess to be Christian. So I suppose about one out of five people believe uh, in a God that's described in the Bible in the Singapore context. However, it's nothing new because in Psalms 14 and verse 1, we know of a person. There's no name given, but this person is called the fool. And Psalms 14 verse 1 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So that's what we're going to look at uh, this morning. Psalms chapter 14. Uh, in the first place, why is he called a fool? Right? And... Uh, what did he say in his heart? Why did he say it in his heart? And why he said there is no God? So as we turn to Psalms 14, verse 1 and verse 2, it says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek gods. So a fool. A fool is not someone who you always think that maybe he is uh, stupid or what. But it's just that he's not wise right, in that sense. He's not wise in choosing to believe in God in that sense. Right? He's spiritually ignorant in that sense. He has not chosen to believe in God. As I say, most people would believe in God because of uh, the evidences that are shown. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 28, we talk about a group of people as described in Romans chapter 1 verse 28. It says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting. And so the people who were chose, which were chose to reject God, uh, even though uh, God exists, do not retain God uh, in their mind or uh, in their knowledge. In fact, the word fool in Hebrew means nebor, which means uh, wicked, a vile person or a foolish person. Right? In the New Testament, we read about the rich fool. I think you're more familiar with the parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12, verse 16 and verse 21. It says, And then he spoke a parable to them. The ground of a certain man yelled plentifully, and he talked with him himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my corpse? So he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And then I'll store my corpse and put my goods. I'll say to my soul, So you have many goods laid up for many years. Take, eat, eat drink, and be merry. But God said to him, in verse 20, Fool, this night, your soul will be required of you. And then when will those things be 
which you have provided. And so he who is who has laid up treasures for himself is not rich towards God. So he's not like just like the fool. Uh, the rich in the New Testament in Luke chapter fourteen, chapter twelve, he did not exactly say that he he don't believe in God, but in his life he did. Right? He has decided that he will spend all his life uh building up riches and wealth, and he believed that this will be sufficient for him. But when he died, and we come before God, he has nothing. He has nothing. And therefore, the Bible says, Thou fool, in verse 20, this night your soul will be required of you, and then what? Then those things be which thou hast uh, provided. So the fool is also one who does not seek God. Not only they don't believe in God, it's one who does not seek God because he, they seek other things. In the 18, in, when Paul preached to the Athenians in uh, Acts chapter 17, there were these people who were idolaters, who worship idols, and he talked to them about the unknown God. In Acts 17 verse 24 to verse 28, the scripture says, And God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temple made with hands, nor is he worshipped with man's hand, as though he needed anything, since he has given to all lives, breath and all things, and has made from one blood every nation to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they will, might group for him and find him, though he is not very far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of our own poets have said, we are of his own offspring. So God has created all things that we should seek him. And as I read this passage, I realize that there is something very uh, persuasive or motivating when you look at the co-creation that we should seek Him. But one can choose not to seek Him and there are people who would not choose to seek, seek Him. For example, in this passage, talk about creation. Creation is something that we see that is so beautiful that actually teaches us about God, that will draw us to seek Him. And talk about humanity. He tells you that, that, that God made of one blood of, air, of every nation to live in uh, various places in the world and that he has prov provided them uh, the age, the des destiny of man, when he will be born, when he will die, you know, and where he lives. And all this shows that there is a higher power that determines life because uh, God is, the, is in human humanities. And finally, God is also in providence because in him we live, right? In him we live. Remember, if we do not have water, we do not have air, we do not have all these things that God has provided, then we have nothing, right? We have nothing. We will not be able to live. So God has seek, has persuaded man through all these avenues to seek him. But a fool uh, will not seek God. He will deny God. He will deny that is God. As I think about it, it's like when a baby is born, you will look for the mother. 
right? Basically for care, but he will be drawn to the mother, right? Because that is very natural, right? Especially, for example, if you look at the uh, baby panda, uh, Lala, in the, in the Singapore Zoo, you read about it, right? He's two years old and he must be sent back to China, right? But for him, two years old is a teenager in, in the human age. But when it's born, it's so small. I actually went to visit the zoo recently again. It was actually so tiny. Uh. Right? In two years old, it was so big. Uh. Right? And uh, when it's so tiny, it was kept by what? Parents. Right? Our own assistant tell us that there is a God. Right? Just like a child will look uh, for the care of the parents. So what if you do not believe in God or you do not seek God? Then what do you seek? A survey that was done by a Pew Research Center says that actually the atheists who do not uh, seek God uh, or do not believe in religion or spirituality uh, actually seek more about money compared to Christian, 37% compared to 22%. Uh, they seek to spend more time or their interests uh, and find meaning in their hobbies. Okay, and sometimes it's very strange when people ask, what's your hobby? I say, I can't find no hobbies. <laughs> no hobbies left. I uh, try to create more hobbies. Right? Later, I'll talk to me, talk to you about one of my hobbies, which I did not get to do. And now travel right, is something that people look forward to, to find meaning. They find meaning. 13% think is they find meaning in travel. Right? You want to go around the world. So what do you seek? You know, people say, uh, do you... Live to eat or eat to live. Right? The question is, what's our purpose in life? Right? So if you do not seek God, then uh, you will just live to eat. Right? Uh, I know people who like to eat good food. Right? They know everywhere, all the corners, the best uh, hawker center to have this Hokkien me or whatever. You know, They just focus on eating. Right? So they live to eat. Right? But basically, uh, as Christians, we understand we just eat to live, right? Uh, eating is just to sustain ourselves. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and verse 14 says, Let us hear the conclusions of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret, things, whether uh, good or evil. In Psalms 17, verse 13 to verse 14, uh, it's a very interesting uh, passage uh, that gives me a lot of encouragement. In Psalm 17, verse 13, verse 14, it says, Arise, O Lord, confront and cast him down. Deliver my life from the wicked with your sword. For with your hands from men, O Lord, from men of the world who have their portions in this life, and whose belly you fill with your hidden treasures, they are satisfied with children, and leave the rest of their processions for their babies. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. And this is talking about a man who has seen the evil of the world and how they are blessed with all the material riches. But yet this man seek just to be righteous. He just seek to be awake or to be resurrected, right? To see... Uh, and to be in the likeness of God. Psalms chapter 17, verse 13 to verse 14. So the fool, now that we know what who the fool is and what is called a fool, then what, why did he say in his heart, 
In Psalms 14, verse 13 to verse 14, it says, They have all turned aside and have altogether become corrupted. There is none that does good. No, not one. And have all the workers of iniquities no knowledge, who eat of my people as they eat bread, and do not call unto the Lord. So the who said in his heart, you can't hear him say it. He didn't say it aloud. He didn't tell everyone. He never professed publicly that I don't believe God. What he says in Psalms 14, verse 1, he said, the fool said in his heart. All right? He's not allowed. But, not, but he said it by his action. All right? A lot of things that we believe in our heart, we leave it out in our action, in how we live or where our priorities are. Psalms 14, verse 3, as we say, they say the fools have turned aside from God. Right? They have become corrupted and they have not done that which is good. So the fool proclaim not loudly, but have shown uh, it in his life. It's just like the generation of Noah. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, he says, And the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. Right? These are the same people who say in their heart, there's no God. There's no fear for judgment. There's no need to connect with God. Because there are so many things they want to do and so many wickedness they want to be involved in in their life. And therefore, they do not believe in God. The fool has said in the heart, there is no God. Why not in his heart? Because, is it because they are without knowledge? And in verse 4, it's a rhetorical question, right? You see, have you all the workers of iniquity no knowledge? Is it because they don't know? Is it because they uh, have no knowledge about God or about things that are spiritual, about the truth? The answer is, of course, no. They have uh, knowledge about God. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 23, it talks about people who do not believe in God. This is for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what we know of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. And because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but become fertile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, changed and changed the glory of the incorruptible God to an image of corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So because they knew God, but they did not glorify God, they reject God. It's not in the head. It's not something about whether he's smart or not. In fact, surveys show that actually the more intelligent or more well-educated people, a uh, higher percentage of them do not believe in God than people who are uh, relatively less uh, educated. Right? Uh, so people do not know God or do not believe God uh, does not mean that they do not know God. In fact, uh, God has shown it to them, verse 18, the creation. 
Right? The Bible says in verse 20, there's no excuse to that for them. Right? And uh, in verse 21, they know God, but they do not glorify God. Right? right? They don't want to worship God. Right? And uh, finally, in verse 22, the scripture says, uh, professing to be wise, then they become fool. Again, the word fool is in, uh, mentioned in uh, Psalms 14. Right? They say that the fool. So I'm not good in art. Uh, in school, I do not know how to do painting. But at least we'll be able to paint a scene like a sunrise on a canvas. Uh, oh, I hope I could do it. Uh. I think I'll do a mess out of it. <laughs> it wouldn't look like a sunrise. right? So one of the things I like to do is photography. And that's something I like to do, but I don't have really a time to do uh, photography. And this picture was taken uh, in Philippines. Right? Uh, and uh, it was very early in the morning, like 5 a.m., I woke up, it was still very dark. And as the sun rises, right, you can see how beautiful the, 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 the sky is. So beautiful, the sunrise. Right? So it's a scene that actually mentioned in uh, Psalms 19. If you look at Psalms 19, it describes the beauty of the sun uh, and it rises in the morning. And how so beautiful, it actually throw a colorful splash of paint uh, on the canvas of the sky. And let's look at Psalms 19. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their nights has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them, he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run his race. It rises, is from one end of heaven and it circuits to the other end and there's nothing hidden from his heat. Psalms chapter 19 describe how beautiful the sunrise is and how beautiful the sun is when you look at it, you know, and how he gives heat to everyone, to everything that is under the sun, uh, under the sun, so to say, right? There's nothing hidden uh, from his heat. And from that creation, uh, the point is from the creation, we come to know that there is God. So the fool has said it hard. He didn't say it aloud, but he said in his heart, there's no God. And let's read from verse 5 to verse 7. There they are in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. You shame the counsel of the poor, but the God is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion, and with the Lord bring back the captivity of the people. Let Jacob rejoice, and Israel be glad. So the fool said there's no God. Basically, he renounces God. He rejects God. Right? And in his life, he pursued the sins of the faithful. And that's found in verse 5 to verse 7. And yet he was so fearful when he realized that God is with the saints. God is with the saints. And then God will deliver the saints. Right? In verse 8, he, in, in Psalms 14, verse 6, he said, You shame the counsel of the poor. Right? Referring to the righteous, right? the faithful. You shame the counsel of the poor. But the law is his refuge, right? God is with that man, with, with this man that you bully, that you oppress, 
and they are persecuted. Psalm 10 and verse 3 uh, describe this in a, another way of how the foolish were involved in wickedness and in oppressing the righteous. Psalm 10 verse 3 says, For the wicked boasts in his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is none in his thought. And so basically, the fool say there's no God. God has nothing to do with me. God has nothing to do with my life. There's no God. I'll do what I want. I'll live in whatever uh, way that I want. He's bold. He's arrogant. He oppresses the poor and persecutes the righteous. He also rejects the judgment. Where he says he's beyond judgment, right? He's beyond judgment. Some people may do things, right? you know, they're so high and mighty that no law can stop them. Nobody can stop them. In some 10 verse 5 to verse 6, it describes uh, the kind of attitude. You see, his way are always prospering. Your judgment are far above out of his sight. For it, as for his enemies, he snurs, he snurs at them. And he said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall not never be in adversity. Right? There's no fear of God before his eyes because once you do not believe in God, you do not believe in judgment. You do not believe in many, many things. Even the way we live will show that whether we believe uh, in God or not. So in summary, Psalms 14 verse 1 says, The fool has said, in his heart, there is no God. And I hope also that you could also see that God has shown himself in creation and in his word that there is God. But what do you say in your heart today? As you can see that the fool said in his heart, and therefore he lived the way that he lived in wickedness and because he do not fear God in judgment. And as I look at it, I ask myself, what do I say in my heart? And perhaps some of the things that we may say in our hearts. Now, for example, we may say, God knows our hearts. So it's fine that I miss one or two Sunday worship uh, on Sunday. Or maybe in our hearts is heaven can wait because there's so much fun things to do here. Yeah, true. Eh? Yeah, there are lots of much things to do here. Heaven can wait, right? Or maybe in our heart it says, Sharing the gospel is my preacher's job. Ah, yeah, we settle it. Huh? So that's how we behave. So we just forget about our responsibility. Or maybe in our heart, it says, God is so merciful. He will surely tolerate my sinful habits. And therefore what happened? You continue in your sinful habit. You are not repentant of it. Finally, we could also say, making lots of money makes me happy. Oh, right? Serving God can wait, right? Or let somebody else do it. So what we say in our hearts tell us a lot about the way we live. As we come in the end of the year, what did we say in our heart in 2023? Right? Oh, and the way that we have lived, it's good for us to look at it. If you're not Christian today, what is in your heart is important. In fact, the scripture says in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. 
if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So you have not become a Christian yet. You have not obeyed the gospel yet. Let your heart not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. And God will bless you uh, with eternal life. The plan of salvation uh, is that simple. When you have heard the gospel, you need to believe in Jesus, repent of your sin, confess Christ before man, uh, baptize for the forgiveness of sin, and continue to stay uh, faithful in the Lord. And God will reward you uh, with eternal salvation. Thank you. Careless soul, why will you linger? Wandering from the fold of God, hear you not the invitation. Oh, prepare to me thy God. Tell us all, oh, heed the warning. For your love will soon be gone. Oh, how sad to face the judgment. I'm prepared to meet thy God. Why so thoughtless are you standing while the fleeting years go by? And your life is spent in folly. Oh, prepare to me, my God. Callous souls, oh, heed the warning. For your life is Oh, how sad. To face the judgment, I'm prepared to meet thy God. If you spurn the invitation, till the spirit shall depart, then you'll see your sad condition. Oh, prepare to me, thy God, careless soul. Oh, heed the warning, for your love will soon be gone. Oh, how sad to face the judgment. I'm prepared to meet thy God.